For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show. You uh, put that together, it adds up to the crossover podcast here on 960theref.com. Also on iTunes, you can subscribe to us there. And thanks to our sponsor, Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, uh, as always in Watkinsville and now open with that location in Five Points. And as it turns out, for a week in May, it is, uh, it's become a busy and eventful week. We've got a handful of topics to cover. Georgia baseball getting set to begin regional play and postseason play. They are a national seed for the second straight year, so they win-win. They got home games at Foley Field to make it to Omaha. Nick Claxton made his decision this week with that deadline a couple of days ago as to whether or not he was going to stay in the draft or return to Georgia. He decided to stay in the draft. I hate it when you're right about that stuff. So, hey, I'm I'm happy. I mean, I'm upset I was uh, right about it, too. I wish he'd come back. but uh, Darn it. Yeah, he's got to do what he's got to do. And, uh, hey, point spreads came out on uh, Thursday. We're recording this on Friday. So yesterday, the the great golden nugget in Clark County, Nevada. um, Our second favorite Clark County. Yes, produced uh, point spreads for 100 as they call them, game of the year uh, college football games this upcoming season. And uh, there were a few Georgia games that made the uh, cut, plus some kickoff time. So we'll talk about that. But, uh, Dave, I guess we'll start uh, with uh, with regional play for Georgia baseball. Again, we're recording this on Friday. They play uh, in just a couple of hours, 7 o'clock, against uh, Mercer. It is an interesting regional in You've got uh, you got a big name in Florida State, but they're not uh, they're the three seed, right? Yeah, they are the three seed. So Florida Atlantic comes in as the two seed. I remember yep. several years ago they did win a regional at Alabama. Uh, yeah, FAU they did not win their conference tournament, but they still get a two seed. So Conference USA gets uh, you know an extra team in since Southern Miss gets in and. Florida Atlantic is nothing to sneeze at. They hit the ball really well. And uh, I know this game with Florida State's about to get started here in just a few minutes as we record this, but they are uh, not anyone, even though they're not from one of the power conferences, but a, a number two seed that they'll have their chip on their shoulder against Florida State, just like Mercer will tonight against Georgia with the, the, the smaller school playing the, the big school. And then Whoever wins, whether it's Florida State or FAU, and however it matches up tomorrow, hopefully Georgia wins tonight. But if the dogs are taking on Florida State, it's an SEC-ACC matchup. And if the dogs are taking on FAU, it's a team that's going to be playing again with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, I feel like with the the other three teams, as far as the Georgia perspective goes, Florida Atlantic probably is like the the one you – you think about the least mercer's an old nemesis i mean georgia's much better now but we quit playing them because we couldn't beat them they won five out of six against georgia from 15 to 17 yeah and we haven't played them since right and you know now we're the the hand has been dealt to us so we're forced into it but that's great and um 
know, Florida State obviously is Florida State. That's just a traditional powerhouse program in college baseball. But Florida Atlantic probably does of those three teams pose the the biggest threat to Georgia. But if there's any threat at all, because I was looking at odds to win the the title, Georgia's fourteen to one. Yeah, and I just think that's crazy. And I'm not I'm not maybe I am being a homer, but I don't think there's any team in the country with a better chance to win the College World Series than Georgia does. Don't like Vanderbilt better than Georgia. No, they came here. They couldn't hit. <laughs> they got shut down. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying like Georgia's that should be the favorite or anything, but I just, to me, I, even UCLA, which admittedly I don't know anything about other than they've only lost like eight or nine games this year. But yeah, They're 47 and eight. Yeah. You couldn't convince me, though, that they just are, they've got a twice, I put it like this, twice as good a chance to win the national championship as Georgia does. Yeah, I tell you, now, if, if all eight seeds held and made it to the College World Series, it would be very, very interesting. That's not going to happen. It just doesn't work that way. But, yeah, you see some of these gaudy records, and, and, and I agree with you. We saw Vanderbilt come here, and uh, that was a great series. But here's the other thing, too. It's like, what are the odds for LSU? You know, they're hosting a regional. If they were to win and Georgia were to win, then LSU would be coming back to Athens. But think how close that series was. Yeah, that and series took a, yeah. you know, it took a, uh, you know, an ESPN Sports Center play by Randon Jernigan on a great catch, and a three, you know, a three-run homer from Austin Big R and a grand slam from John Cable to win that series. So it's just such a fine line between all these teams. I mean, that's the thing. Well, I, you know, going back to to what happened a week ago at the SEC tournament, nothing sums up how crazy baseball can be and how cruel it can be at times and the fact that Texas A&M starting pitchers took no hitters into the eighth and ninth innings in consecutive games and didn't win either one lost of them. both games yeah and so you're right that series with LSU that Georgia won Georgia could have easily swept it they could have easily been swept but sure. they took two out of three so I mean one to nothing two to nothing and nine to seven were the scores of those games yeah um, I'm looking. If you want the some odds, let's see LSU LSU. I'm looking. They're thirty to one. Okay. To win, uh, the favorite is UCLA and Vandy. They're eight to one. Arkansas is twelve to one. Mississippi State and Georgia are fourteen to one. What about Tech? Tech is sixteen to one. Okay. So did so they get a national? Are they the? They're the three. Tech's the three seed. Tech is the three. Welcome back. Yeah. From vacation. Yes. Yeah. Tech got the three seed. So did the game at SunTrust Park decide who would be the three and who would be the four Could national have. seed? I mean, that's fair play. They did win the season series. Yeah, so. and Ray Tanner mentioned that on the selection show Sunday. Yeah. But who would have thought that it would have come down to that game? Right. But maybe it did. So, I don't know. So as it turns out, these midweek games that you're like, they don't matter. <laughs> yeah, They're not important. Believe me, we've already been called out for that. But again, it's like, yes, I get it, but – Hey, Tech didn't start their weekend guys either in that game. No, I know. I like that next year they're going to play yeah. early in the year like Clemson and South Carolina yeah. Yeah. doing. So. Yeah, so it, it, it'll definitely – you'll see the the weekend starters pitching against them, and I, I, I definitely like that. But, you know, it, it, normally, 99% of the time, it doesn't matter. But no. this was one of those years where, yeah, you could say it did. So, And it wasn't like once the game started, you weren't trying to not win the game. Well, so what is the difference between the three and the four seed? You mentioned potentially Georgia would have to face LSU, which seems like yeah. something you'd rather not have to do, even if it is in Athens, I, to make it to Omaha. Who would Tech play? Tech's matched up with North Carolina, who just beat them in the ACC tournament final. The uh, committee, the selection committee of the 16, or I guess, <coughs> excuse me, of the eight, what you would call, you know, pods, I guess. Right. 
let's see. So you four of them could potentially be SEC versus ACC. SEC versus SEC, excuse me. Which they did last year, yeah. too. And then there, but I mean, they did match up UCLA with Oregon State. They matched up Oklahoma State with Texas Tech. They matched up North Carolina with Georgia Tech. So it, it looks like the priority there for them was to make sure that not one conference got a bunch of different teams in. And they didn't want to have an SEC tournament out in Omaha. Yeah. So, no, which I that happened like once yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. Like, didn't four of the teams in the West make it out yeah, there? It was like yeah. Auburn, Bama, LSU. But and, wouldn't you just say, well, you know, those might be four of the top eight teams in the country? Yeah, if they are, yeah, yeah. Like Arkansas and Ole Miss are matched up. LSU and Georgia are matched up. Vandy's matched up with West Virginia's bracket, but West Virginia has A and M in it. And then um, the other one was well, the North Carolina Tech one, but Tennessee's in one, Auburn's in the other. So, I mean, you could, in theory, have a situation there. Now, and have you perused the uh, – because the Major League Baseball draft starts, I, I guess it's next week, yeah, right? Yeah, it's next week, yeah. Are there any, like, guys with, it, with like, say, Florida Atlantic that not are uh, – Not, like, one of the top – I mean, most of the top guys that are in this regional play for Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Because I had already looked at a lot of the uh, – the, the tournament projections actually had Florida State coming here, and I looked them up a couple weeks ago. They, they don't appear to be a good matchup against Georgia because they've been shut out like eight or nine times this yeah. year. With Georgia's pitching, I would think, well, if you can't hit, then you're going to struggle. Here's what I'm scared of with Florida State is that Mike Martin, this is his, you know, this could be his last weekend of coaching baseball yeah motivation set to retire by the way how weird is it 1992 27 years ago florida state hosted a regional that included georgia and kent state so a young scott strickland was in tallahassee florida playing for kent state and now here he is coaching to potentially end the career of mike martin well, that's the selection committee. They do that stuff, <laughs> they right? They do that weird Were stuff. Were they thinking about that? Hey. I mean, it's just bizarre. But the other thing about Florida State, too, is is that I'm sure they've read all week long that, hey, if uh, Boston College or Pitt or, or uh, Virginia Tech had this resume, they wouldn't be in the tournament. Yeah. So they're probably feeding off of that a little bit also. Hey, Florida State just got in because of Mike Martin. It probably is. That I mean, might be true, but <laughs> I mean, it might. But be, you're right. That's, they can use that for motivation. Yeah, you're, you're, you're when you've got like a a group of young twenty somethings that can, you know, any little thing that could fuel them and fire them up. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of those teams like Boston College and Pitt. I mean, I think those are among yeah. the teams that shut them out this year. So if you're not scoring runs against those those guys, then well, here's good luck the, against Georgia's pitching of the four teams here. And by the way, Mercer had to win six out of seven in the SOCON tournament this past weekend to get in. So they're playing good baseball. Here's the thing, though, that jumps out at me. Uh, opponents batting average. Florida State's 240. Uh, Mercer's 281. Florida Atlantic's 284. And Georgia's 196. That seems to be the big the big number there yeah. for, for what we're going to see. I think the, the run reduction that we like to talk about with Georgia – if the dogs pitch like they have and play defense like they have, unless there's a Griffin Conine that just gets red hot like he did for Duke last year. I mean, this is a regional that that, that Georgia needs to win. Right. And I even think going thinking to, to to last year's team, Georgia's pitching this year's way deeper. Yeah. Because that the 
the survival game in that second game on that Monday, Georgia started C.J. Smith, who who played center field the the first the first game, game yeah. which might not have been ideal exactly. when you, you know in hindsight exactly exactly. But certainly looking forward to it. And uh, Mike Martin, just a great great um, representative of college baseball now for four decades. I mean, Jeff and I kind of stumbled on this. You know, his first year was 1980, and you know they were in the College World Series in 2017. Those are for Georgia football. Those are big years. Yeah, for the national championship. Yeah, they are. And, and you know, playing for a national championship. And this guy's been the head coach for Florida State baseball all that time. So he, it's uh, and he is He's terrific. He's like Ron Polk though. He's he's been to a thousand College World Series and never won a national championship. And um, normally, I would say, God, I wish he could get one. But I'm not saying that this year because that would mean it would be at George's expense. Yeah, not now. Yeah, hopefully his career ends here this weekend. (laughs) Exactly, uh, some point. Exactly, but he's awesome. I like him a lot. It's the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also now open in Five Points. Uh, here on 960theref.com. We will uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Georgia football. The Golden Nugget in Vegas threw out some point spreads. There were a handful of uh, Georgia games on the uh, list. A couple kicked off kickoff times announced, uh, too. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I was right. Nick Claxton, he is uh, <laughs> leaving Georgia to, uh, to turn pro. That decision came, and I, I, when he re- released that statement to me, it was just it was game set and match even back then because it just sounded like he was, was that before goodbye. or after the combine. It was before he even yeah. got you found out he got invited. You, to that. When we were talking about that before, and I was like, ah, I know a couple people was like, ah, he's just testing the waters. You know, he'll be back. And then after the combine, you could sort of start to see it's like, okay, you know, they, there's a lot of things about Claxton that the pros like. Yeah. And maybe the fact, too, that this isn't the deepest draft that we've had in a while also helps the situation. But, I mean, he wouldn't be staying in it if he didn't think 100% that he was going to go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, one way or another, he's even if he's in the G League next year or something, he's yeah. going to be getting paid to play basketball yeah. somewhere. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about how that uh, you know looks for Georgia now. I mean, the, the roster for Georgia in Tom Crean's second year is really – flipped over now there's going to be a couple oh, of a couple of faces we recognize but just a lot of new ones out there now next season crossover podcast presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen on 960theref.com true italian food has returned to five points and brought some friends along because fully loaded pizza kitchen is now open in five points athens at the new fully loaded pizza kitchen you'll find all your italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti along with sandwiches salads wings and more plus a full bar for beer wine and cocktails it's time to eat at the now open fully loaded pizza kitchen at five points in athens and also in the manders crossing shopping center off mars hill road in Watkins. All right, Chris Brame, David Johnston with you. The crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and also now open in Five Points. Looks good in Five Points, too. I've ridden by there a couple of times. Going to be going in there the next week, but I love the way it looks there in Five Points. Yeah, I've been to the one in Watkinsville oh, yeah. several times, but I haven't gotten to the uh, the one in Five Points yet. Don't but, worry, Richard. We're coming. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming. But uh, I'm sure they're 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 doing all right <laughs> yeah, exactly. there. That's a good that's good prime real yep. estate. In that old Waffle House building there in uh, in Five Points. Um, yeah, we mentioned before we took the uh, the little break there. Nick Claxton, the deadline for him to decide whether or not he wanted to uh, to stay or go pro has passed, and he decided he's going to stay in the NBA draft process. And it 
it, like for me, like I said, I didn't think it looked good from the moment he announced and he put out, he released that statement that just for me, it sounded like he was saying goodbye. Then he got invited to the combine, which I did also did not think was a great sign. And then post combine, and you mentioned it, I think on our last edition, uh, there was an article about risers and fallers yeah. after the combine, and he was the number two riser. Yeah, that's when it started looking to me like, oh boy, this isn't good. Yeah. Although you could say, well, if he stayed another year at Georgia, maybe he becomes a lottery pick where maybe he's not this year. But, you know, he's got to live his own life. You know, that's the thing. He's got to do what he thinks is best for him. What's best for us as fans is we'd like him to come back and play for Georgia. But if that's not the best thing for him, then that's what you got to do. And for Coach Crean, too, there is at least the, the, I guess, the silver lining of, hey, Look what he did from his freshman year to his sophomore year. He improved. You know, he went from averaging four points a game to 13 points a game. He led the team in scoring, rebounding, block shots. What am I leaving out? He, uh, second, he was second in assists. Yeah. You know, come to Georgia and, and your game will improve like that too. Now, granted, Yonte Maton wasn't here last year, but, uh, you know, we'll, we won't talk about that. Because when Nicholas was a freshman, he was playing, I guess, behind Maton or whatever. But still – all these new faces that Georgia has, getting the, um, I guess, the grad transfer, Donnell Gresham. Georgia did get a verbal commitment that might end up being a guy that can play this year. And Rodney Howard, who had signed with Ole Miss and now is getting out of that. and Realize their says, coach's name is Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit's a good coach. <laughs> he is a good uh, coach. But uh, – yeah, so with whatever's going there, will he be able to play this year or not? I don't know, but at least there's another big guy in the fold that Georgia has. He, From what I understand, maybe kind of a project, maybe raw, but with a lot of potential, but we'll see. But a ton of new faces that are going to be on this Georgia roster for the 2019-2020 season. You highlighted by the, the, the class Georgia sign with, yeah. with Anthony Edwards. And I guess I would just think back to as last season – was a struggle as we all know the thing that made it tolerable toward the end was knowing that Edwards had committed yep and I think looking ahead to next season even before Claxton made this decision most of our excitement about the potential for the upcoming season mostly had to do with the fact that Edwards is in here so it would be great it'd be better to have Claxton back obviously but this also doesn't doom George's chances of having a a decent team next year. I ran into one of our former coaches at a baseball game, and he was talking about the Ant-Man. Or is it just Ant-Man? Is there a the Ant-Man or just Ant-Man? Well, in Marvel, it's just Ant-Man. All right, yeah. so he was talking about Ant-Man. It's like, don't call him the Atlanta United <laughs> or the United Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, he said that uh, Ant-Man is already NBA um, like worthy. I mean, he's already NBA guy. So yeah, like if he could turn pro, he like wouldn't if he be could turn pro, yeah. he wouldn't be here. Right, like, that he's already that skilled. So I can't wait to see him. I really can. I'm 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 looking forward to that. But so who's who's back? Hammonds, Hammonds, Crump, Harris, Gomezzi. Yeah, who's now? Who is unless depending on the the kid from Ole Miss yeah. is our tallest yeah. player. Yeah, the only one we've got over six a. Right. Are we leaving anybody out? And then all the new guys. Right. Yeah. I think from last year's team, we mentioned. I don't have the all. roster in front of me, but I think that's it. 
because uh, yeah, Joe Joe Toppins in the portal, or is he gone? He went to uh, Georgia State. Okay, and then um, I know uh, Tishon went to Tulane. Tulane. And so Hammonds, Ogbede's gone. So we got Crump, Harris, and Gumeze. Turtle's gone. Wait, Woolridge went somewhere too, right? Maybe he, he graduated. Was, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he yeah, was he a senior. Yeah. Um, Ty Fagan. Okay. Is he here? I, I, I guess don't know. He's back. Yeah, he's back. That's it though. Okay. Oh, and Sar. Uh, no, he's gone. Sarjunas left too. Yep. Okay. He gone. All right. So yeah. Basically, you've got, we mentioned them, Crump, Harris, Ngumeze, and Hammonds. And okay. then you've got all of the, uh, the new faces. It'll be like a uh, single-A baseball team, living in a town of a single-A baseball team. Yeah. Where they just, it's the, sa- it's the team's name is, is still the same, but the faces and the, and the individual names are all different. Well, and that's the thing with Edwards. Don't get used to seeing him around because he, he'll be here one year. <laughs> that's right. He's projected to be like the first or second pick in. That's next right. year's uh, in next year's draft. So you got the the one I'm you know Edwards is obviously the the player that that comes with the the highest profile. But the uh, that Jaquan Walton mm-hmm. is because he had been a one time Mississippi State commitment to Ben Howland, right? And you know he's one of those like he's not getting all the attention obviously that Edwards is, but he could end up being. He, he's. I got money on him to be uh, a solid player next season. What's up with poaching these guys from the state, of, or they're not from the state of Mississippi, that but that were committed to Mississippi schools? Yeah, I know. I'll take it. Yeah, for me, I mean, to be an easy sell with Ole Miss, and you're right, he is a good coach. They had a good year, but like, you know, they're come on, there. His name is Kermit. He's an adult, and he goes by Kermit. Uh, all right, we'll uh, close out today the uh, crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Uh, Georgia point spreads now available in Vegas. The the one that that jumped out to me first that ordinarily I'd be worried about, but this Georgia team has the last two years. I in, know where you're going with this. In spots where they're they're supposed to be trap games or let down lookaheads or whatever, minus three and a half at Jacksonville. <laughs> Why a, did I think I knew you were going there with would that? Would ordinarily be disturbing to me, but now I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's just that's free money right there. If I was going to ask you if there's one game out of all these that you, if you would jump on it right now, it would have to be that one, right? Because that, there's a chance that could be a double digit point spread by the time the game rolls. Yeah, around. you're talking about as betting on Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would on be Georgia. the one. Yeah, the one if I was going to go against them would be the seven and a half at Auburn. You, okay, because that's Georgia's. They're off a bye. Yep, Auburn's in that mode where they got yeah, us and Bama at I home, know. and you never know. It's an odd number year. They get rejuvenated because they get to play Georgia and Bama at home. What do you think? All right, would you would you put Bama and Georgia on the same level? Yes. Okay. Then does the Texas A and M point spread seem kind of strange? Only in the sense that the dogs are favored by. Let me find it here. 12 and a half over A&M and Bama is favored by whatever they were. It was like 20 or maybe it was 18. So I didn't know if what to kind of take from that. And they're both home games, right? Exactly. Yeah, That's I, the thing. I think what it is is Bama's just still is, is overrated by the general market. And that showed up last year when they failed to cover their last three games against us, Oklahoma and, uh, and Clemson. Okay. I mean, their point spreads are just ridiculous. But the fact that they were a two-touchdown un- favorite against Georgia in that SEC title game was absurd. 
And by the way, I stand corrected. That they are playing A and M in College Station as a fourteen point favorite in Georgia. So they're favored by more at College Station than yeah. Georgia's favored over A and M here in Athens. Yeah, I just I think Bama just is. They sometimes they could be a tad overrated, but I say this for for Bama, and I this is where I, I get to where if you start trying to circle spots on Georgia's schedule that you look at and think like that could be dangerous, that could be dangerous. What I like about the last two years is that just hasn't been the case, yeah. and so like if you look last season at Bama ATS, like okay, they didn't cover against um, like uh, the Citadel, or they didn't cover right. against Western Kentucky, whoever they played, yeah. But they covered they, they covered the games where even coming off of the, the game against LSU, then they host Mississippi State. Mississippi State's got a good defense. So that was a tough game for Bama. But in the end, like, they still covered and won. Saban's just so good about, like, he'll, he won't hesitate if he, can, if he can blow somebody out in the conference. But for whatever reason, the little guys, he doesn't beat up on them as badly as he could. Yeah. I think some of that is just like... But he's always right around the number. Right. Well, like, so Bama last year didn't cover at Arkansas. They were a 35-point favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, I looked at... If you look at Clemson, it was kind of the same thing where they didn't cover last year against Georgia Southern or Furman, and then they didn't cover that second game of the season when they were, like, a two-touchdown favorite at Texas A&M. But, you know, then they got kind of rolling there in the middle of the year, and... When I think back to Georgia last year, like, well, who didn't we cover against? We didn't cover against, like, Middle Tennessee. Yeah, some of the same stuff. But we pretty much covered – I guess we ended up not covering against Tennessee. But, yeah. But we were – you know, we just – But it was, on the, it was close to the number, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you're just – okay, some of those are just outrageous numbers. That's where it gets to the point where Vegas just has to kind of protect itself, right? I mean – Yeah. Because but, if they make them too low, they'll just get – obliterate everyone's going to pile on yeah. but i that's just why when i look at some of those lines that came out for georgia i think that's even if there are some spots that you look at and like well that could be a tricky spot the the letdown the trap game teams coming off a bye i like georgia's just they're not letting any of that stuff affect them anymore so brain asking for a friend do you think we can beat tech in week 14 yeah okay that, is that that number was 20 and a half 20 and a half. Uh, that's an easy cover. <laughs> like I said, asking for a friend. The Notre Dame game, too, is... You think that's easy money? Yeah. We'll, we'll beat them by elite, by double digits, right? Nine right and a half? Nine and a half? It'll, it won't be nine and a half for the game. Which, by the way, we did get some kickoff time, so now we know Vanderbilt's going to be a 7.30 kickoff, 6.30 local time. Got four o'clock for Murray State, and then uh, noon for Arkansas State, and then kind of interesting, the SEC on CBS announcing this week that Alabama at South Carolina on September 14 will be their first game. The following week's going to be a doubleheader, and the week of the Bama LSU game is not a doubleheader. So it's a so Bam and LSU will not be playing prime time this year. Wow, they'll, they'll be at three thirty. Yeah. So they actually so the two weekends of the double headers are the weekend before we play or the week I'm sorry the weekend that Georgia plays Notre Dame and then the weekend before the LSU Bama game. CBS looking to get Notre Dame in prime time. I, yeah, I mean how I mean you got all you got Florida and Auburn. I'm sorry, no Florida and Tennessee and A and M and Auburn. 
that, that and Georgia Notre right. Dame. If you're a Georgia fan and you're trying to make your plans for the season, yeah. that game's going to kick off at eight o'clock. Yeah, seven thirty eight, yeah. whatever. It or is. actually, it'll it's like eight fifteen. Yeah, nighttime kickoff. Yeah, that game's kicking off then. Yeah. Georgia yeah. Notre Dame. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's a late game. Don't even worry about but it. But LSU Alabama has it lost a little bit of its luster? Yeah, that'll be something. It'll yeah, be it a three thirty kickoff, I guess. Because it's just one way traffic in that game now. Yeah, eight in a row. Yeah, but then again. Bama's got long winning streaks against a lot of teams in the conference. Yeah, Tennessee hasn't beaten Saban. I don't think Arkansas has nope. either. Nope. I mean. I think State did it once with Kroom in 07. Yep. They haven't won since. I mean, it's pretty amazing what he's what he's done over there. Yeah. So, I you know, it's going to have a little different look this year. They're going to lose to Kirby this year. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Um, all right, crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and uh, Five Points. Episode number 89. We appreciate you checking us out uh, this week and uh, every week. We'll be back again uh, next week. I think next week we probably just go normal. We'll go normal next yeah, week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, hopefully we'll be getting ready to talk about Georgia hosting a super. A super, whether it's LSU or Arizona State, they're the two seed there. Southern Miss is the three, and Stony Brook. They got a little yeah. history there with LSU. They've so won they're playing them today. Yeah. And then they went, and won, they went to Omaha, so yeah. I don't remember who they beat in a super, but it was Wasn't someone. it LSU? Oh, did they win the super there? Well, I they, think that's – I don't remember if that was – you're right. It, they won the super there. Yeah. They won a regional somewhere else right. and won the super in yeah. Baton Rouge. I know they have history. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There was the super they won in LSU. So. That's just baffling. Yeah. But, but yeah, they hey, went to happens. Omaha. So, <laughs> I know. They've been to Omaha. I know. It's crazy. Watch out for them. All right. For David Johnston, I'm Chris Brain. We appreciate you checking us out. As always, subscribe to us on iTunes, or you can download us and listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. The crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.